Welcome back to your favorite podcast, De-Influenced. You guys, my toesies are still recovering. My dogs are barking. My dogs are still barking. (laughs) Um, We've been home for, what, three days, and I'm still in so much pain from Disney World. I know. I feel like I'm still recovering. Did you know? In mind, body, and spirit. Same. Did you know that we walked 28,000 steps a day? 28? Yeah. Really? I swear, it, my mom had an Apple Watch. I think you walk 28,000 <laughs> steps because you like, you walk like, you're like these little. Babe, was I, I'm like, I'm like a slower pace. So I think you walk 28,000 and I probably work, walk 20. I have to ask you something. What was I like at Disney World? Because it's all a blur. And like, you know, I kind of, I kind of led the pack this, this time around, which yeah. usually it's you, but because I had been to Disney World before, I think that a lot of people didn't realize how complicated it is these days to do Disney World. It is so high tech. You have to schedule out all of your rides. You have to schedule out, um, you know, the meet and greets. You have to make reservations for for restaurants 90 days in advance now. Going to Disney World, you know, they have classes now that you can take about how to go to Disney World. Yeah, that's wild. They literally teach you how to work the app, how to reserve everything, where to stay. It is such a complicated, you know, situation that it is a nightmare for the unorganized, which, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not the most organized person in the world, but to, what, what was I like? Because I felt like I became a different person. Yeah. You know, when we fly like American or Delta yes, or any yes. airline that has like an assigned seat, mm-hmm. no one's going to take that seat. Like you are going to get on the airplane and yeah. you are going to end up in that seat. A hundred percent. Determination. But the way that you get and how you need to be first on the plane yes. in your boarding group mm-hmm. for no real reason. No, no. It's it's purely I'm, I'm sick in the mind, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it. I stay out of your way and mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Yep. You know, sh- I can't go get let her go. a straw or a sandwich because we could be second in line on group. And you know three. how I feel about that. And so you were kind of in that mode the entirety of Disney. And I think that what really kind of just fed the fire is you, you were like that because of your mother. A hundred percent. It's all that you know. And then you had my mom with us. Yeah. So it was like the rest of us were just like, Jesus take the wheel. Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. And it was kind of like you were made for Disney because whatever, uh, I don't even know what to call it. We need to term it something line aggression maybe okay whatever line aggression that you were born yeah and bred with mm-hmm. disney was perfect for you guys exactly it was like a 24 hour 72 hour competition yes of of being first in line yeah i mean and i just like to get where i'm going and so i'm, I'm a fast walker yeah i was thinking ahead i i do feel like i led us into one heck of a trip i mean you led us well that's the thing is I that did. i have I feel no, that too i have no regrets because you you really packed the day in mm-hmm. incredibly well like i mean we saw the entirety of disney because of your planning thank you babe i really. appreciate that yeah i mean was it was it a pace that was necessary debatable right it definitely 100 percent debatable was. but you know i think at the end of the day i'm leaving with no regrets and i Full am hearts. just so glad that i have a fearless leader thank you leaders babe. 
plural. Next time we go, I will take a back seat because I'm going to be like, oh, he's because, you know, it is complicated. Nobody else knew how to like work the act. Nobody else had it downloaded. Nobody else had their magic bands, you know, connected to Bluetooth. And so I did feel this sense of ownership over the group. And Mm -hmm. so and so it was stressful. But let me just tell you, all do you feel appreciated for your leadership? Um, yes, I do. Are you sure? Yes. You told me, um, we are walking back. I called you out in front of the moms you, and I said, can we just acknowledge? I like to be publicly acknowledged. I know. <laughs> That's number three. And I said, we were walking back, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. Our, do- our dogs are barking. We're walking alongside where there's gators and snakes uh-huh. back to our hotel. And I said, guys, can we just take a moment to acknowledge Danny Austin here who without, we wouldn't be here and who led us fearlessly well to see every <laughs> single park with no square footage of this park and not seen not seen through her her navigation the path that she created for thank us. you babe i appreciate that you know something else i was shocked about disney was how much fun i had i have to be totally honest this was probably a hot take in the past but i didn't say it is i was like kind of a disney hater yeah i was like disney world's so lame it's so crowded the rides are probably not I stand corrected and I want to apologize. I was wrong. Yep. Disney World is amazing. And if you haven't taken that trip with your kids, it is probably the best trip I've ever taken with my kids. I've never seen my kids so happy. And it was just, it was magical. It truly is a magical place. And a lot of people are probably worried about the exhaustion that your kids face. But like, let me tell you, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Yeah. It's so worth it. Give them an ice cream cone. Or seven. Or seven. <laughs> Let them eat three bags of Cheetos. That's what we did. They're running on junk food adrenaline <laughs> and did, did the Holy Spirit. Was, did you think it was crazy how we would have like the most wild day? They'd be screaming like so tired at the, you know, when we were leaving like around seven or eight, but then we'd get back to the hotel and it's like they had the second like, win. Yeah. He's like flipping off couches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this. I'm going to say, I'm going to focus on the positive mm-hmm. of Disney first and then I'm going to go into one kind of sus thing about Disney. Uh-oh, okay. Um, but the positives is, you know, we were talking about this before the podcast and we'll get into Beyonce in a second, but there are two kind of moments in my life that I feel like truly just changed the entire paradigm of who I am. Yeah. Number one, Beyonce's formation. It was just you did love. We were that talking about. I, I don't like her new song. Video. We'll talk about it in a second. But like formation was just pivotal culture for yeah. me. Number two is I really feel that there is a period of my life before I rode Guards, Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> and after I rode Guardians of the Galaxy. And and amazing. let me just like say we rode it six times. <laughs> yeah, we did. And you know we got on the first two times that we wrote it we got the song um everybody wants to take over the world yes such a good so song. if you're not familiar with the ride you have to ride it you go to disney world just to ride this ride yeah. it is the best roller coaster in the country yeah but they basically swap between six different songs and everyone's like oh i got congo or yeah. oh, i got september a- allegedly the two best songs that you can get are september by earth wind and fire and then everybody wants to take over the world by tears of fear uh-huh. I'm telling you, I, I listened to September and I closed my eyes when we were home yeah. and I imagined every turn of the ride <laughs> and every like, you know, bit of G force. And I'm telling you, we got the best song twice, twice, twice. on our first runs. Our every- first run, we got the best song too. And so the coolest thing about that song, it, cause you're going really fast, but the tempo of that song is really slow. It's, so it's almost eerie. It's a life changing experience. experience. I, I, you know, we, we wrote it six times and towards like the fourth, fifth, sixth time, we never got that song again. And you and I talked in line and we were like, man, isn't it sad that we're just trying to f- 
chase Feel that, that first high yep. of being so shocked and awe of this experience. It was amazing. And the reason, so here's another thing about our first experience. So we stayed at the Grand Floridian and this is why you should stay at the Grand Floridian. On certain nights of the week, they open up the park after hours to just the guests staying at the Grand Floridian. And so you basically have the park to yourself. So we closed down Guardians of the Galaxy where me, Landon, Liv, and Jordan were the only ones on the roller coaster. We got it all to ourselves. And so Jordan and I f- sat front row too. Yeah. And it was just front like row euphoric. And row nine. And row nine. Tell them about that debate. So on Guardians of the Galaxy, which is just the most insane, it cost $500 million to build this roller coaster. Um, it's all in pitch black, but you guys, you feel like you're in space. Um, that's the coolest thing about the roller coasters at Disney is they're all like in buildings, essentially. When we announced that we were going on Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of you guys DM'd me and said, row nine is the best. You have to get on row nine, which row nine is the second to last row. And so I think the reason why people like it is in the little cart, you're in the front row of the last cart, if that makes sense. And I think when you sit in the back of a roller coaster, you feel like you're going a lot faster. You feel the wind, you feel all the things. So Jordan and I were like, okay, we're going to do some AB testing and- we sat front row. We sat row nine. Y'all, front row. Front row all day, every day. I'll go to my grave saying it. I don't care what Reddit says. Yeah. Front row is the most magical experience yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy. Babe, I'll, I'll never forget it. I know. All I really want to do is like, we're going to Ulta FLC uh-huh. in Orlando. And I want to take the whole Divi company. You just take them on Guardians of the Galaxy. And just take them on Guardians of the Galaxy. Because it's like, you know, when you experience something so great and you just want someone else yeah, to experience 100%. it too. That's all I want. I have to be honest with you. That was like my, I have two favorite rides. It was tied with Pandora. Pandora. Oh my gosh, I got so sick. That ride was insane. So Pandora is at um, Animal Kingdom. And guys, I don't even know how to explain to you the setup of of this ride. Because you, it's one of those like 4D experiences. But you're basically on this, like it looks like a bicycle. And you're in these little, I don't know, uh, cubbies. Yeah. (laughs) And then the cubby opens up and it opens up to this huge IMAX screen. When I say huge, I mean. Like it's the whole room. It's the whole room. And the room is massive. And you're kind of leaning over the edge. So you're like really high up. And it's a 4D experience. So you feel like you're actually flying. So as you're looking at this screen, your bike is moving up and down, water splashing at you. You feel the breeze, you feel the air, you, you smell things. It is the most also euphoric experience, but a lot of people get really sick on it because you, like there's a lot of motion, you get like motion sickness. I have to say like, I think that might've beat Guardians for me. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That seems like heresy. It was, I did it. You know what's weird about this? This is what's different about Guardians of the Galaxy. I liked it better my second time. Yeah. Pandora. Pandora. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I would say there's the other kind of like, you know, surprising moment that just was like a very magical Disney experience for me is it's very weird. Yeah. But, you know, we've seen all the princess movies, Uh all of them. I know all the soundtracks. I know everything. And, you know, as a dad, when you start watching these princess movies or they're on in the background and they replay a hundred times over, you start to like realize what your favorite song is. And my favorite song 
Brave. Is Touch the Sky from Brave, but it's slept on. It's a slept on Disney song. When did we even hear that song? At, oh, at the fireworks? At the fireworks show. So like, you know, it's like kind of playing Lion King and I'm like, okay, cool fireworks show, etc. And the moment that Touch the Sky from Brave came on, I mean, I might, my eyes might have welled up a little bit because <laughs> I'm holding Stella. It's, it's my yeah. favorite song. I'm like, it just captured the magic of Disney yeah. so well for me. That fireworks show was beautiful. Yeah. It's just like, I love that they gave an ode to what is it? Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really passionate. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we had the best experience. Some people DM'd me actually, or commented on my last Instagram. I asked people for like good Disney hacks and people had some pretty good Disney hacks. You know what most people said that we should have done that we didn't do is a lot of people take like a rest day. So you go like smart. Yeah. You go to the park you take a day off because apparently there's like a lot of fun stuff to do around Orlando, like kayaking, there's good restaurants. There's other fun things that go to huh. like lay by the pool. And then like everyone was like, you have to take a rest day. I was like, oh, we just kind of like powered yeah, through. Yeah, we just powered through it. Yeah, my trainer today was like, <laughs> did you go to Universal theme park? And I was like, are you insane? Wait, is Universal there too? Yeah, in Orlando. I was like, are oh you gosh. absolutely insane? I was like, I wouldn't have survived. There's no way. I wouldn't have come home. You know what I think my best hack was is buying those shoe inserts for everyone. That was a great hack. These shoe inserts saved my life. And the craziest thing is I took my Hoka's and like I was just like, I'm going to walk... Guys, my feet couldn't stand it, even in the hokas. I needed extra support. Yeah. But you know, I have like kind of a flat foot. So oh. I'm like nearly flat footed. Anyway, the inserts are like 10 bucks. You get them from Target. Highly recommend. Actually, I feel like I should just put them in my shoes in general, especially like the Nike Dunks because they're so flat. Yeah. But they're so, you know, if you want to have like cute shoes, buy the inserts. Um, a lot of people also said this was like another really good hack was to plan out like eight things that you want to do at each park. Because anything more than that is probably not possible. You just are going to walk out feeling like a failure. Like a failure. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people said, okay, just do eight things, which I feel like that's even a lot, to be Did honest. Did they say anything about bringing their, your own food in? Somebody said to freeze a water bottle. Mm. And that way, like, but I mean, there's so many water bottles you can buy there. I was like, that seems like a lot of extra work. Yeah. <laughs> freeze I, a water bottle so that, like, when you do pick it up, you know, it's, it's cold. But there's, I mean... Disney, the one thing about Disney is like they're it is so clean. They're very thoughtful. They also had um I have two hacks of my own. At each park they have a baby care station. Mm -hmm. So one of our babies had an accident and um went potty in their panties. <laughs> and we did not have any extra like undies or diapers or anything but they actually have baby care stations where you can go and like breastfeed take care of your baby change your diaper so we did that we got to buy Stella some some pull-ups um my other good hack was the uh this one was amazing was the switchback the stroller switchback yeah so when you like we did this on um when we were at um hollywood studios and we did the tower of terror my mom really wanted to go. Tammy really wanted to go. Everyone wanted to go, but we had the kids. Well, you can sign up for a switchback where my mom stayed out and then one other person could ride the ride twice. And on the second turn, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. you get, and so 
some of us got to ride like each ride twice. Yeah, that's how we rode Guardian so many times. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was like we were fighting over the switchback. The switchback. And honestly, they were so cool. Like I don't think this is an official policy, but sometimes they were so cool that they were like, okay, like you guys both can go. Yeah, they again. even let there. Like there was one time where they let the whole group go twice. Right. Um. So yeah, it was just. A magical trip. I just yeah. need a foot massage now. Yeah, the only so the only downsides to Disney, one is easy, the other is a little bit more deep conspiracy complex. Um the one downside is like I never th knew that it was like gonna be like theme park food. Uh, so like I was trying to eat healthy, like that was my goal. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna walk twenty thousand steps a day because like I'm trying to like do this whole thing where I'm like trying to hit sort of <laughs> your macros. My, my macros. And I would say that when I was stuck eating a Caesar salad at Disney, like it was tough on me. Yeah. It was tough. Like, See, I like the salads. I know you didn't. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, it's just like they have a lot of food, but not a lot of like healthy food. Yeah. I ate like a vegan hot dog and I ate a Caesar salad. Which was the vegan hot dog was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Plant-based hot dog. It wasn't bad. You couldn't tell which one was which. Yeah. The other thing that I was blown away by was when you first walk into the park and you're scanning your ticket. Yeah. They make you put your fingerprint down. You did not like that at all. I did not like that. Landon was with me <laughs> Landon on this only one. uses his pinky finger. Yeah, he really used his pinky finger. And I was like, okay, so if you're going to murder someone, you're going to like, you know, use yeah. your pinky or something or avoid your pinky. But I just thought that was so bizarre and weird. It kind of felt like how at airports out of nowhere, no one told us. They started making you stand in front of that camera yeah. and they take your picture and they're like, don't worry. Like it has a disclaimer, like, don't worry, we delete it after. And I'm like, bull crap. Like yeah. you're totally not deleting it. But I was trying to like figure out why they were needing our fingerprints. Do you have any idea? To be honest, whatever they say the reason is, I'm not going to believe. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it's like, oh, so you can't like sell your tickets or something like I just don't believe that there's yeah. probably other ways to avoid yeah like it seems very sketch that they need but can I ask you something well before you say that that's what the Washington Post <sighs> CNN Fox News that's what they're all reporting but let yeah, me tell you yeah. who, let me tell you who has the truth okay the mousetrap news see this sounds reliable undercover inside sources say that while they say it's for um, while they say it's so that you can't sell your tickets there's no proof of this, but they say that you, they're selling it to the FBI. So they're selling our fingerprints. Can I ask you something? Documenting our children in an FBI database. Can I ask you something? So what's like the end game of this? Like, why would the FBI want all of so that they can like, I don't know, set us up for murders that we didn't do? Like, what's? Ooh, that's good, babe. Like, are they gonna blackmail us and be that's like, like one of the better Danny, conspiracies? Danny, like we we saw that you were here at this certain time, like we found your fingerprint on the car. Well, I think that like, okay, so I think that when murders happen, they always dust for fingerprints. But yeah. some fingerprints are like, I guess not in a database maybe, but do they take fingerprints like when you're born? I remember they took our fingerprints in kindergarten. Dang. And they took them all. This has been going on for years. Yeah, but like, so, but that's my question. It's like, okay, so why do they want our fingerprints? Like, what is it for? I don't know. I, I don't know. Will we ever know the truth? Well, when we're in trouble for something that we didn't do. <laughs> but like, here's the thing is that, you know, a lot of people may be outraged about this, but I just, I left my iPad in Florida. I didn't tell you. Yeah. Because um, I would not have been happy about that one. So, so I, I didn't. Jordan has this thing where he forgets something everywhere <laughs> we go. Um, you also forgot your 
phone charger. I grabbed it next to the bed. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I had to get a new iPad. So I got a new iPad the other day. And when I was doing setting it up, it makes you put your thumbprint now, your fingerprints, just to get into the iPad. Yeah, it's been doing that for a while. Right. So my whole point was like, I'm not going to not ride Guardians of the Galaxy because you need my fingerprint. Yeah. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, just take it's me. Like, it's take like, everything from me. Yeah, like if you're screwed, like we're no all control. screwed. Like, we're all screwed. We'll all find our way together. Yeah, but I, I did, did think that, that that's um, that was weird. And I do think that the journalists uh, at the Mousetrap News are probably onto something and they should keep digging. Yeah, let us know what you find. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of something like really weird that happened um, this past week while we were gone is... Uh, did you know that there's a rumor that you're in the Illuminati? We, sorry, we Wait, are in the Illuminati. You're telling they found out. <laughs> they know now. Yeah, I was. It was kind of interesting because I was a little bit honored. Yeah, like I'm like, wait, like, cool. I was like, wait, cool. Like you think that I'm, I'm like that, cool enough? I'm, I'm cool enough. Like I'm in the club. Well, what but what if we were and we were just like lying right now? People probably would think that. Yeah. Well, the so our friend who's in the industry, like one of the husbands texted and was like, hey, just so you know, we got this comment that like you and three other bloggers are suspected to be in the but Illuminati. He was, he was kidding. Like it was a good joke. Yeah. I mean, he sent it and I, and I, I texted back and I go, this is really offensive because I actually turned down their invitation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of the, uh, the other like bloggers didn't really know what it was. Yeah. And so I was like explaining it to them and. You know, when you think about it as a whole, I think like 15% of America believes in the Illuminati. Yeah. And I'm like kind of on the fence. I don't think it's called the Illuminati, but I do think that there's like elite groups in Hollywood that coordinate together. But I think it's probably a little bit more informal. Yeah. Than is believed. Like, I don't know if I'm into like believing that they do the rituals and drink blood and all that kind of stuff. So to be in the Illuminati, is it super secret? Like you can't tell anyone? Yeah, that's the other thing is like, if guys, if I just need to publicly acknowledge to the camera that I'm not in the Illuminati, <laughs> I've, I love secret societies, but like, honestly, if I was in it, I would get kicked out because I would tell everyone <laughs> the next day that I was in it. Like I can't, that's probably why I was not good at being in a fraternity is like, I'd be like, can you believe what they did to me at rush? Like, here's what happened. Like I can't keep secrets because I just, yeah, I would think it was so cool. But if I do get in, I, I promise <laughs> I would only go in. I promise I would tell you as a mole to take it down from the inside. <laughs> like I'm anti-establishment. I'm like, I'm honored that you think I'm cool enough, but like I'm also so hurt because I've been so publicly <laughs> against the establishment on this podcast. Like, but anyway, it, it, you know what? What got you in trouble is they said that you covered your eye. Oh, when? Um, I think you did it on like like a divvy shoot, and so basically the the person who oh. pieced all this together went back to a bunch of bloggers' photo shoots and like. You know, I think one was like dibs and like some girl was like covering her eye with like dibs and then with the <laughs> hair vitamin, you remember you put it up to your yes. eye. And so, and I'm like, oh man, this is like what happens to good. celebrities. And so like, I think that, and oh, when Stella was at Bippity Boppity Boop, yeah. she had her wand. Uh-huh. And this is like what hate does to you is like she had her wand and she covered her <gasps> eye with her wand. So Stella's in the Illuminati too? How come she didn't tell me? I know, that's what I'm saying is it's crazy, but... That was a funny thing that happened. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. When you're posing for a hair vitamin, there's not a lot of 
poses you can do around your face. She did a lot of them and we were like, Danny, it looks like you're taking Molly at a rave. Like yeah, you yeah. need to redo this there shot. There was somewhere they were like sticking off of my tongue. And it was like, <laughs> no, we can't do that. And then like their other one, I looked like Elizabeth Holmes, you know, with her, uh, her photo shoot. Like there was just, so just to be honest, that's really what happened, but I'm honored as well. It's been a big week for your girl, Taylor. Yeah. Should we touch on Grammys? Like, how did you feel? She gave Jack Antonoff a hug. Like, I, I have so many thoughts. Um, a lot of people, well, first of all, should we cover now in the podcast? Because I was driving to the mall the other day and Jordan called me and he just like slyly mentioned, he's like, yeah, like I think on the podcast, I talked about that one time I met Jack Antonoff. And I was like, what? You've met Jack Antonoff? Like, I was shook, my my jaw hit the floor. Um, so I was like, wait, save it for the podcast. So should I tell my thoughts about the Grammys first or do you wanna go into like the time that you met Jack Antonoff? I've been talking a lot and I'm scared of what people think about that. So why don't you tell and then okay. I'll tell my story. Cause you've never heard the story of how I know Jack Antonoff. No, I have no idea. Yeah. I didn't know, do you know him? I you know. Shut up. <laughs> do you have his number? No, 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 nothing like that. Oh, I don't so know excited. him. Sorry. I'm an, I don't want to set myself up for a bad <laughs> joke. Like, no, I do not know him, but I have met him and it was a very strange occurrence. And I'll okay. Tell you. Okay. Um, so I'll just go over the Grammys really fast. Uh, two main things that stick out to me, maybe three. Um, okay. So Taylor won uh, best album of the year. Again, I think it was her fourth time, which is like no other artist has ever done that. So she's breaking records, mad respect. Um, Jay-Z was such a loser oh, this is a hot when take. he went up on stage and basically called out the Grammys and all the people, the, the Academy or whatever you call it, um, you know, calling out his wife who's won the most Grammys. I think she's won like 32 Grammys in her lifetime. Taylor Swift has won, I think 13, 14, maybe 15 now. And calling out how, you know, Beyonce's won so many Grammys, but she's never won album of the year. I'm like, dude, she's won 32 Grammys. It's not like they haven't acknowledged her. And why are you taking this opportunity on stage to talk about something that really doesn't mean anything? Like if you really just take like a step back and you look at the big picture, it's like, who cares? But that's what you're going to talk about in front yeah. of when you have you know, five minutes on stage talking to the world, that's what you're going to talk about. If I, it's it, embarrassing. And it's I was embarrassing just like, for her mostly. And he said, he was like, I don't want to embarrass my wife over here, but, but then he did it, but he did it. <laughs> and it's like, dude, like she, we all know she's successful. And like, we all know that she, she's one of the most Grammys in, of anyone. Like, yeah. and so I don't know. I just really did. I did not think it was very classy. I didn't like it. It just came out as very like whiny and unappreciative. And here's the thing. At the end of the day, like they're awards. They don't really mean anything. You're not going to be able to take any of these things to like heaven with you. It's just an award. Like just get over it. I'm taking formation with you. Heaven, <laughs> let me tell you that much. <laughs> That's the soundtrack of heaven, I think, <laughs> which is probably pretty sacrilegious. You haters but corny with the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stop it. Stop it. It takes, it takes me to too good of a place. Um, Jordan starts twerking. It was kind of a classless move. On Taylor's part? On Taylor's part, in my opinion, to launch that album. It just was like, hey, you know that all eyes are on you. You know that you have an issue here. Like, Ew, I do not agree with what you're saying. Really? I don't think it was classless. I think it was smart. And it's like, dude, she earned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people that complained about Taylor launching 
her album on like the night that everybody else is supposed to be celebrated is once again, it's just giving like losery vibes. Like, <laughs> like just like, if you want to do it, then you go do it. Like put in the work like she did, yeah. you know, and, and then go do, you have control over your narrative. It's not like Taylor is, is pushing other people down. In fact, all she's doing is bringing other artists around her constantly supporting Lana Del Rey, I Spice. She was standing up like, the entire time Olivia Rodrigo's performing when everybody else is sitting down, like all she's doing is supporting other art artists. Lana Del Rey was also nominated for best album of the year. And she brought Lana Del Rey up on the stage with her when Taylor Swift won. It's just giving such like loser vibes. Like, like let, if you, if you can't like, if you can't embrace the stardom, then like you probably aren't like meant for the industry and maybe you should just quit. <laughs> wow that's that's extreme like it's I, just like so she's not doing anything harmful or hurting anyone else I truly feel like she's helping other people you have Post Malone on her new album who is a little bit smaller of an art I mean he's huge you know yeah she has all these collaborations that she's always doing to support all these other people like I just here's she's he, doing great by other artists in my opinion yeah she is I, I think that okay so you met someone don't say her name but you met someone who had met her before and do you remember what she said about taylor swift oh yeah so she said she said that she was really good i'm gonna paraphrase and yes yes me. okay i remember what did she say about taylor swift she said that taylor swift is very diligent she has a person essentially like an assistant that uh -huh. when taylor meets new people she will like write notes about you. Like if I were to meet her at an industry event or something, she'd be like Danny Austin, mom of two, blogger. Like we'll follow up with like a handwritten note after she meets these people, send them gifts. When she's on set, like she bakes cookies for everyone on set. Like she's just people that have met her that we know. And like these, they're very connected in those circles say that she is just genuinely a good person. But now she, I think she she's made quirky. A she made a slight comment though. Yeah. She goes, you go, isn't she so nice or something? And she said something along the lines of like, she is very good at strategizing her image of being nice. Yeah. I mean, but like, dude, come on. Like, I know that's, that's what, that's what I'm It's like when about. she's going to these events and stuff, like she's not hanging out with her, her good buddies. Like she's, she's going to into a room where everyone is analyzing her every move. It's not like, you know what I mean? That has mm -hmm. to be really challenging. And so at least she's doing the right the right thing, like in the best way that she can. So I think the haters on Taylor Swift will want to say like, you're not authentic. This is all about like your image. You're, you know, this is all strategic for you. And I would agree with that to a large, I think 80 to 90% of her actions are strategic. Yeah. Even like her inviting Ice Spice and like her Lana Del yeah, Rey that, stuff. Yeah, that was weird to invite her to so, the Super Bowl. So like, I think all of that is strategic, but you still have to credit her for playing the game the 100%. best out of anyone. Like She's playing the game. She's, she's playing being game. strategic when everybody else is just being a bum on a log. Like well, you see Justin I, Bieber and Hailey Bieber at the Super Bowl. They looked so unhappy. They look miserable. Everybody's on their phone the entire time. When Taylor Swift is out there with her friends enjoying the moment, like at the end of the day, like, she's winning because she's having fun. Like, and everybody else yeah. is just pissed at her or like just judging her. And it's like, you're probably more miserable just talking about her and how much you hate her than she is. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So, um, so I met Jack Antonoff. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the story that I'm like on the edge of my seat. It's about. honestly like, it's not as cool as probably I, I make it seem, but. Um, and just to those of y'all that don't know, Jack Antonoff, 
like is her partner in crime. They write all of their songs together. Yeah. Did he produce her album? I think so. I think oh, he's yeah. her producer. But um, so back in middle school, there was a small like emo label called Drive Through Records. Did you ever know Drive Through Records? No. Is okay. this a? Is it I based know, out of Austin? I was kind of like no, but I was like kind of like a. Hipster well, because y'all know Jordan used to be a musician. <laughs> Stop. He played. He played a song for me that he wrote <laughs> on our like third date. Do you remember that the guitar? Yeah, no, that was a good song. That song slapped. It was very... Um, Do you remember I used to have the harmonica holder and yes. I would play the harmonica while playing the acoustic guitar? I thought it was so cute. I, I It wasn't days. bad at it. No, you you were very folky. Yeah, uh, very folky. So you were anyway. so confident. The fact that you're just like sitting there on the sofa singing me a song like on our third date. Like I remember listening to it thinking, this is kind of odd, <laughs> but... I think I'm into it. Like, <laughs> but like I knew if like any of my friends were like watching me in that room, it would have been like, you know, I say this is a good thing. I think a lot of that, I think my brother and I are the same way. And it's because no matter what we did, our parents thought we were amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so it really propelled us into the world. To, like, you're so confident <laughs> to be confident. But then sometimes it created moments where we had to very much be humbled because we were like, Oh wait. Well, and that's what I love about you. And probably the story that you're about to say about Jack Antonoff is like, even since the day I met Jordan, he was so confident, even like this, like um, <laughs> the way he used to dress yeah, is so, so funny. So but Jordan so. would walk up to the most famous, most successful person in the room <laughs> and just start talking to them and just like own the room. Like no shame. I would, I would, I would be too embarrassed. I'd be like, babe, do you know who that is? And you're like, I don't care. Like Jordan just like, doesn't care. And he was just yeah. he was very confident. It was I really, know, I still have sweet. that switch, but I have to turn it on. It's harder to turn on these days. Yeah. I think as we get older, we just, anyway. Um, so, so drive through records is a small, like indie label. It had like newfound glory. If you remember oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for whatever reason, like all the older brothers, like in my friend group were like into drive through records. Like we were all like <laughs> hipster kids in Rockwall, Texas. And we were like, Oh, drive through is the best label ever. <laughs> so we'd always go to these shows. Well, there was a band on drive through records called Steel Train. Have you ever hey. heard of Steel Train? I, I have not. Steel Train was Jack Antonoff's first band with his high school friends. That's so sweet. Okay. So, um, so we went to uh, a small venue. Do you remember the door in Dallas? Oh, of course. The door was like where all of the screamo bands that had like. I did see 20... Jesse McCartney there one time. Okay, that's big. But like, <laughs> I think this was like pre-expansion of the door. So like every concert that I would go to at the door maybe had like 50 people. Yeah. That were there. And so it was definitely My brother like, used to play there. It was like an indie rotation. And so we went and saw this band called Steel Train that we absolutely loved. And Jack Aww. Antonoff was the lead singer. Well, we loved him so much that we knew like all of the lyrics and the songs. And I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that Jack Antonoff used to date Scarlett Johansson? That's hard for me to, yeah. to envision. So there, none of them are famous. This is pre Taylor Swift for him. And this is pre fame for Scarlett Johansson. Oh, wow. So this is like high school. Was Scarlett like, Johansson you can there? go and Google Jack Antonoff, Scarlett Johansson, prom pictures, and you Stop. can find prom pictures with Jack Antonoff and Scarlett Johansson. I cannot envision this. It's a small world, right? So we had known that one of their better songs is a song called Better Love, okay? Mm-hmm. And in the song, he, ta- he writes about how Scarlett Johansson became famous and changed and shunned all of their high school friends. 
Oh, wow. So the, the lyrics in the song are, scars are in her name. And she scars me with pain. <laughs> so good. Hey, Scar. No, it's, hey, Scar, you're not the same. Yeah, that's him. Oh, my gosh. So so Scarlett Johansson becomes this mega movie star. And yeah. Jack Antonoff, just imagine this. Jack Antonoff's in this, like, you know, small indie band that, like, no one's ever heard of, right? So yeah. he's, that's hard on him. Like, that's his high school sweetheart. Yeah. And so we go up to him at the House of Blues and every time we would meet bands, the difference between my friend Hunter Beecham and I is we would go and we'd be like, hey, when you wrote this lyric, did you mean this or like yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, like, like you want to know. And so we asked him about like scars are in her name. We were like, hey, is this about Scarlett? And he was like, yeah, man, like it is. No. He was like, we're not really, we don't talk as much. It was a very political answer. Yeah. But we like hung out with them for like five minutes and then you know, he blows up, he goes on to Fun, which is the band, oh, and then yeah. Bleachers, and then now he's like the biggest producer yeah. in music, and I always wonder if him and Scarlett Johansson have like- Ever talked again? Shook hands and been like, good game, good game, like we both ended up somewhere. I think my my gut is telling me no. He did get recently married. Yeah. Jack Antonoff. Um, yeah, so I'm looking glad. at these pictures. Y'all have to go Google pictures of Scarlett Johansson and Jack Antonoff. They look like- totally different people it's hilarious isn't that a crazy story though that's a crazy story i can't believe I, as much as you love taylor swift i can't believe i've never you've told never you that told story. me that i i guess my biggest do you know how jack and taylor got connected no i, I imagine i think that she really genuinely appreciates like indie artists because she yeah. brought the panic at the disco guy yep. onto one of her tracks uh-huh. um i think that when fun and bleachers came out like i think that Jack is like truly a very talented producer. Like yeah. you can't do Steel Train, which no one really knew about, and then Fun, and then Bleachers. Those were all like three really successful, but very like unique, like genre bending yeah. or genre different brands. And I feel like he had a really good ear for production. I think that Taylor probably knew, hey, if I'm going to be a megastar for the long run, I have to bend genres. I have to go yeah. from country to this, to this, That's to good. this. I think that post the only other artist who I feel like is doing that, who now Beyonce's late to the game. Like, I think she knows, like, I've got to bend my genre if I'm going to appeal to a different audience. Yeah. But I think she's too late. Um, I think Post Malone is really good at this. Yeah. There's He's a lot of country good. artists that are kind of doing this too now. Like, they're, they're country, but also kind of folky. Yeah. Um, like that Zach Bryan guy. Yeah. Or um, even like Noah Kahan kind of. Yeah, Noah, Koh- Noah Kahan's really good at it. Yeah. But you have to like almost beachhead from like you can go country and then into pop. Yeah. Or you can go pop into country. I think you get a little bit more like indie clout if you go pop into country. Yeah. Um, well, kind of like John Mayer as well. Is he, he went, country? He went pop into more like almost like blues. Yeah, blues, but jazzy. honestly, blue, in my opinion, from like a hipster kids point of view yeah blues does nothing for you well but it, i agree but i feel like he he's he like is doing what he wants to do now yeah he's doing what he wants to do but i think that like post malone is doing what he wants to do but he like because you you can't be both like indie clout and mainstream clout like yeah. there's me that listens to folk music and there's you that listens to the top 100 hits <laughs> we're two very different people like you walk into my rooms of like folk people your songs are sad they'll shun you out they'll be like this girl is not like <laughs> she doesn't have good taste no let me tell you something i don't have very good taste in music i am like just such a classic top 100s i like anything popular and like but it hits me hard i yeah. i do um have you heard of this new kid 
that I've been obsessed with lately. Um, his name is Benson. Have you, I think it's, uh, let me pull it up. I've seen this kid. What Have you seen all of his, uh, Benson Boone? Have you seen his like TikToks and how he's using TikTok to like promote his song yeah, where he jumps over something and then. There's two artists that are killing the game at this like TikTok. Yeah. Sort of like low key thirst trap yeah. type of moves. It's like Benson Boone and then Forrest Frank. Yeah. But he's like doing it in like the Christian world. So like he. Smart because that's. Dude, he's got these Christian girls who want to get married like probably all over, which I think he's married with a kid, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's really funny. Like my brother who's also in the music industry. Sorry, Landon Austin's killing the game at this too. Yeah, Landon Austin. Um, Landon always said, you know, like a lot of artists start out in the Christian space because it's easier to to get into. But he said, because my brother's worked with like some Christian artists and Christ Christian producers and everything. He says sometimes they're like the worst people. <laughs> oh yeah. And they're just like, it's very like maniacal. Like they're just there to like write these lyrics so that they can pop off in the Christian space but then go into like, you know, a different realm genre of music. Yeah. But a lot of people like use Christian to get into the, to get into the rooms. <sighs> it's hard. <laughs> I mean, we, we could go down this route. Yeah, we won't, for... we won't go there, but Benson Boone, you like his new song, Beautiful Things. I've only seen the, the TikTok <laughs> version of that. Y'all go he's listen like to walking it. Walking through a field and screaming his lyrics. It's so good. Um, before we move on, it's Valentine's day, y'all. AK, the day of love. And y'all know the first comes, that first comes love, then comes birth control. <laughs> Innovation around women's health, particularly birth control, has been seriously lacking, but Natural Cycles is on it. For the past 10 years, Natural Cycles has been setting the precedent for non-hormonal and non-invasive birth control without sacrificing effectiveness. Natural Cycles was the first to introduce a birth control app, the first to receive FDA clearance as a birth control app, and the first birth control app to integrate with wearables. It's 93% effective with typical use and 98% effective with perfect use. Perfect use means abstaining from sex on red days. To put this into perspective, it's more effective than condoms alone, about the same effect effectiveness as the birth control pill, and less effective than a long-lasting method such as an IUD. It's also effective from day one, and it's important to note that no form of birth control is 100% effective. You can also use natural cycles to plan for a pregnancy. So no matter what stage of life you're in, natural cycles is there. I got a code for y'all. It's danny at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. Thanks to natural cycles for sponsoring today's episode and a quick reminder, reminder that natural cycles is for those 18 years and older and does not protect against STIs. Today's episode is brought to you by Armra. I've been drinking my Armra colostrum every single morning. I've been consistent with it and I have seen such great results. The biggest difference for me is it's helped with bloating, which I really wasn't expecting. Armra colostrum fortifies gut health and ignites metabolism. What that means is Armra colostrum naturally fortifies your gut wall system, replenishing your microbiome, repairing the gut wall architecture and blocking irritants that can trigger symptoms like bloating, constipation, and IBS. It enhances nutrient absorption, stabilizes blood sugar levels, and accelerates fat burning for a revved metabolism. One of the best parts about it is that it's easy. You add the powder to your water or any cold beverage and it tastes pretty good. Comes in four different flavors, acai berry, watermelon, blood orange, and unflavored. My personal favorite is blood orange. I got a code for y'all. It's 15% off of your first order using the code Danny. Go to tryarma.com slash Danny to activate the 15% off. All right, so for this podcast episode, you know, we usually do a segment called 
things that make you go. Mm. Mm. And we know that you guys love that. But today we're going to be trying out a new segment called the viral spiral. I love that name. <laughs> That's a great name. So basically we're going to talk about things that have gone viral on the internet and kind of give like our two cents about it. Mainly to just keep us all young and in the know. Irrelevant. <laughs> Irrelevant. Um, this one will be more focused on the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl just happened and there's so much to unpack there. Um, my biggest thing is I actually wasn't, I didn't really watch the game so much. I would pop back in for the, and so this is just very on brand for me. Um, I would pop back in just for the commercials and just for like the Usher halftime performance. But in anything regarding the actual Super Bowl game, you're going to have to speak to. Yeah, no, I. The only thing I know is that Travis Kelsey wasn't in and he yelled at his coach. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a big like NFL guy. And I would say that my, this is probably the most disinterested Super Bowl I've ever been. Well, I have to say too. So we were invited to like a really fun Super Bowl party. And um, the husband of the host got the flu. It was really selfish of him. <laughs> and so we basically like were left with no Super Bowl plans, like kind of last minute. And then honestly, like I was feeling like a little under the weather. So we didn't really do anything. And I feel like when you don't have that energy around you, you're just like, oh, yeah. it's just a game. I think on the viral spiral, let's talk about the most obvious one since we both didn't really watch the game, the halftime show. Yeah, I want to know what your thoughts are because... From what I have seen online, people were not, I thought it was amazing. I almost shed a tear. Seriously? Yes. I just want to, first of all, before I get started with something, I want to put something into perspective. I'm going to Google, how old is Usher? Okay, he's 45. Yeah, he. I mean, he looks good for 45. He looks amazing. And here's one he thing like that will always tug on my heart and I will always root for someone when they are just so thankful to be there and so appreciative and you know he gave it his all he gave it his all yeah and he has he has some like major hits he really does like the the amount of like memories that popped up of me like on a dance floor grinding in in like seventh grade like yeah. like listening to those songs it was so nostalgic it was so it was so fun to watch i thought he looked amazing he took his shirt off i was like you take your shirt off usher you look good <laughs> And when he stopped in the middle and was like, I, you know, they said I would never make it here, but mama, we made it. This song is for you. I almost cried. It was so sweet. See, but like you're doing that. At, like you've been around for years. Like, do we still, are we still in the era where you need to thank your mama? Yeah, because he's performing at the Super Bowl, the See, most I watched thought, event. I thought that that was the most performative thing that he did. That, see, right now you're being just a hater. No, I know. I'm being cynical. You're being I'm cynical. Like, I'm being cynical. And I'm like, you thanked your mom to like convince us all that you're still relatable. But like. Jordan, that is such a hater I comment. Know, I know. I I need help. And I loved the roller skating. It was so impressive. Yeah. I thought he liked it. I think he did it such a great job. It was entertaining. It was heartfelt. Then he brought out Alicia Keys. Now, there was some chemistry there with Alicia Keys. I was a little confused. Isn't she married? I feel like they both are married. But, like, you know, I was like, oh, they're just performing. They kind of do. But, like, if I would have been, like, you know, Usher's girlfriend or fiance, whatever it is she is right now, like, I'd be a little jealous. Be pissed. But Alicia did great. I loved her outfit. She had a, she was a little pitchy, but you know, she's human. <laughs> are we all? Yeah. If I was if I was performing, I would be pitchy too. Yeah. See, I um I I can agree with you on some points. I really was last year Rihanna? Yeah. Yeah, that was like iconic. <laughs> I mean, I was never even a Rihanna fan. We we've already talked about this multiple times before, but like 
I was never a Rihanna fan and she was just like, I was like, who is this person? I didn't even know that she had all those hits. Yeah. And so if that's the bar, I feel like Usher came below the bar for me. Yeah. Um, I think that there were a couple things that the internet wanted that if they would have just done those things. Justin Bieber coming out. Yeah, Justin Bieber coming out. I mean, you have like, like you have Taylor Swift at the show. I, I was a big believer in like, okay, Travis Kelsey's going to win the Super Bowl. His future wife makes a cameo exp- uh, appearance in the Super Bowl, like just a cameo. But like, she would never be able to do that. She was just performing for four days in Tokyo. When would she have time to even babe, She was like chugging beers in the suite. She was fine. Get out, was, the, get out there on the field and do a cameo. <laughs> she, she would have had, there's no time she would have had to prepare for it. She was just having a good time. Also, yeah, true, I don't think she true. would have like stolen the spot. I think Travis would have loved it. I think he would have been like, you get up on stage, girlfriend. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I, I just felt like, uh, who they come have come out like Lil John, Lil John, Ludacris, her, uh, her, who's that? Her, 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 she's a, she's a singer. Okay. You know that new, you know, that special on Disney for like the 30th anniversary it was the 50th anniversary of uh, beauty and the beast. Yeah. Stella watches it. The bell is her. Whoa. Yeah. So she's a singer. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. And actress. Um, yes. That's a fun fact. Yeah, no, I know. I thought just, that her was Northwest. I thought it was like Kanye West's daughter, North. Is she just, little? Like she's like young though. But her is really like. Young. No, like petite. petite too. Oh, so funny. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I just thought it was the, it, it wasn't my favorite. It, it didn't leave me with anything. I won't think about it tomorrow. I, I think I, I will never forget the roller skating. That was pretty sweet. I'll like, give that. like in his costume change into the outfit. Yeah, I do appreciate that he's 45 and he's still able to like. That's amazing. Be cool like that. Do you think that Gen Zers like thought the, the, okay, here's one thing I will say. I remember watching the Super Bowl halftime show when I was younger and being like, who the heck are these people? Like, this is so lame. And my parents like fawning over who I know, it's kind of a thing. It's like, I remember being young and being like, these are, I feel like, um, the Super Bowl always chooses like kind of like older people. Yeah, they know their market. Like their their demo is not Gen, Gen Z, Z, right? And so I think that they like absolutely knew what they were doing. I think yeah. they know every single year. Um, I, I wish that they would appeal more. Like the internet is so youth, Gen Z, early millennial, and then they're like appealing to like a late millennial, yeah, maybe boomer audience. But I, I think speaking of like another viral Like moment, my dad, I just have to say, if my dad was watching like last night, my dad would be like, that was amazing. <laughs> my dad would be like, best show of my life. He's like, he would call me like, Dan, did you see Usher out there? You know, he doesn't know who Ludacris, jo- Lil John, <laughs> yeah. her is, none of those people. But like, you know, my dad was like sitting there like yeah. shaking his little toe, tapping his toes, thinking this is amazing. Yeah. It just, it makes us all feel young again. Yeah. I think that um, some appeal to Gen Z is, did you see the Joe Biden post? Yeah. Well, so he- what's interesting is there were two videos that the president of the United States the president of the United States put out. Okay. So number one was, did you see his shrinkflation video? That one, no. Okay, so he he puts out a video. So like, and I think that this crosses like all political spectrum. So I think even like liberals and conservatives alike both agree on this. Like inflation is high. Yeah. Like our employees feel it. Like everyone feels it. So he puts out a video called shrinkflation. And it's basically about how there's, 
less chips in your potato or your chip bags. Yeah. How they've shrink the containers of ice cream. And so basically like they companies are charging the same for less, less, which is an inflation issue. Yeah. Which I think like at least 80% of people believe that he caused. He's, yeah. <laughs> but so he's just sitting there being like Jay-Z just so complaining it, about it's it. It's the most out of touch thing. Yeah. And like, it's just like, who is this guy? Who is his social media team? No, it's probably him and he's off his rocker. You think he runs a social media account? Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense that he post that video. I know. So, so, okay. So that's totally out of touch. That was his Super Bowl video. Well, then he turns around, he puts an absolute banger of a <laughs> meme out. He posts the red eye Joe Biden uh -huh. thing on, I think it was like Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And so the conspiracy around this was that Taylor Swift, the Chiefs winning, all of this was, was like a conspiracy, like a pre-programmed plan to promote Pfizer. So that's yeah. the conspiracy. Well, to combat a conspiracy. That is still not true. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a stretch. Like so there's, it's a stretch of a conspiracy. So but stupid. to combat it and make fun of it, he puts out the red-eyed Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And- but it's scary. It's the president of the United States. Like <laughs> like anyone else, like Dave Portnoy, Danny Austin, uh, Jay-Z, Taylor Swift, y'all can all put out like joke memes. That's fine. But like- Like can the president. The president on the official count. I don't think so. But I will say that I'm just very confused. I don't know. It seems like he has two different teams running his socials. Yeah. But I think there's two- Like he has like some Gen Z assistant who's like, this will be funny. They're like, Joe. he's like, like, it's like- He's like, yeah, let's do it. Sam. He's like, Usher really got me in the mood. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam, the intern, is like, just trust me, Prez. Yeah. Like, this is going to slap. And like, somehow that got posted. But there's two like social media managers that I feel like are the most valuable social media managers in the country right now. Number one is whoever got that pushed up the levels of authority to get that Joe Biden red eye picture out. <laughs> and then number two is whoever is at UT Austin who immediately after Taylor Swift dropped her album cover, so good. what did he, they say? It was like a picture of Bevo, the mm -hmm. mascot for UT that said the, the tortured, like Bevo department, <laughs> yeah, the tortured Bevo society. But it was so quick. Like whoever is on that is like, they're so the most smart. valuable social media managers in the country. That's what I have a really hard time doing with my own socials is being so relevant so quick. And yeah. that's, a, that's a pure art. It's an art. It's like an always on yeah. art form and your brain has to kind of like operate. The people who can do that, their brains operate at a different level than the normies. Yeah, they, they do. truly do. Like they understand the pulse of society very quickly. They understand how the Internet's tones shift very quickly and then they can like perfectly like yeah thread themselves. the needle yeah right in there to differentiate all of the commentary from themselves and yeah. like they're like oh i know that this will either cause enough controversy to go viral or this will like be the perfect joke in this climate to go viral it's, it's do you think it's people are ballsy. happy about biden's post like do, do they think it's funny i think at this point he has to do like purely objective like not taking a political stance i think that he has to do anything and everything in his power to try and like win people back. Yeah. I, I think that like I've never seen, I've never felt a democratic politician be, who has essentially the entire media on their side. Yeah. Be this hated. Hated. 
and like this, like you're old. Like both get sides. Out. Yeah, like both sides, like, like liberals and conservatives are both like, what is this? So yeah. I think he's like throwing some Hail Marys. But I think that whoever that Gen Z <laughs> kid is, is a genius. It made him a little more relatable slash likable. Yeah. I For mean, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it got me some points yeah. back and I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, this <laughs> maybe he's good, but everyone knows no. that it's not him no, yeah. running in. What was your favorite commercial? Did you see the Cetaphil commercial? You know, I actually didn't. It is so sweet. Was it with Michael Sarah? No, no. So there was that, oh, that one. that was Sarah V. That yeah. was Sarah V. Um, but no, the Cetaphil commercial, I think it was Cetaphil, not Sarah V, um, was about basically Taylor Swift and how she's brought dads and daughters back together. And like gives them something to connect on. What? And it was so wholesome. And they they basically the whole commercial like was about how like this dad and daughter are like disconnected. And the dad keeps trying to get his daughter. I have like chills just thinking about it. This dad keeps trying to encourage his daughter to watch football, buys her a jersey, you know, keeps checking, but she's just like comes into her room, she's doing her makeup in front of a mirror, she's putting on her skincare, and she's like, you know, listening to Taylor Swift. And then, you know, as she's in her room doing her, her skincare, she hears like on the TV, well, there she is, ladies. She just arrived to the stadium, which they're referring to Taylor Swift. And you see the daughter peep out and go sit next to her dad and spend time with her dad and watch the oh game together. Gosh. And it was so wholesome I'm and dying. so sweet. And it's so true. I feel like this whole thing has just, and we're not going to go down on Taylor Swift rant, but it just brought so many people together. Let me tell you something so creative if this is the work what's her publicist name tree pain if this is the work of tree pain she is the most maniacal genius genius publicist in the entire world if she had a f even a slight fingerprint on this ad yeah i i bow to her yeah. i'm like she's the. i, she's I think so the one genius. thing that like um okay so i think taylor swift is smart and i think that tree pain is you know maybe a little maniacal but I think anyone that's a true Swifty knows that she writes from her heart. And yeah. like, we've seen that in the past. Like we, we know that she does. And I think that's why anyone that's like a true Swifty was always knew this wasn't a conspiracy. This isn't like some, you know, initiative where they're working with Biden to try to promote Biden. Like there's no, like there, yes, they probably have things that they agree on that they're going to promote, but there wasn't like an alternative reason why they're, they're, they're just genuinely in love. Yeah. And I like, at the end of the day, like, I think just like whenever there's like authenticity or she's genuine, like really great stories come from it. Like this moment from, from Cetaphil. Yeah. So you're, you're the proponent of like given, yeah, give, just it, give, give in. into the wholesomeness. Like it is wholesome. Just let it happen. Like then let yeah. it happen. Like, I think she really is in love with the star player for the chiefs. Like it just is what it is. You've got a star dating a star, like just let it happen. Yeah. But <laughs> Quit being skeptical. He's a little hothead. You see him yell at his coach. I did see that. Is that a red flag to you? Are you worried I about Taylor? I have so many thoughts about this. Oh wow! I mean, it <laughs> digs deep into my childhood. <laughs> I, I'm shocked by your reaction to this. Okay, I want to hear it all. Okay. So I was an athlete growing up. <laughs> I played every single sport known to mankind. Um, my parents were very involved in my sporting events. The biggest criticism I would receive from my parents <laughs> was I typically was not like aggressive enough. Like 
I didn't seem I, like I seemed scared or timid. And I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. Like I played sports because I felt like I had to, but I was scared a lot of times. Like I would be like pretty good. Like I was starting maybe, um, I was gonna say starting quarterback, uh, point guard for the basketball team. But I didn't really wanna be starting point guard. Like I didn't want that pressure. I wanted to do well just so I could say I did well, but I didn't actually like, enjoy the game, you know? Yeah. Cause I couldn't take the pressure. It was too much. So I would be like out there like scared and timid. And then I would start playing and I'd be pretty good just cause genetically I think I was like decent. Mm -hmm. But my, the biggest criticism I received from my parents was like, you seem scared and you seem like you don't want to be out there. Like go like be excited and get out there and, and you know? Yeah. And so it's so funny because I remember, um, like my parents sometimes bringing up like other girls on the soccer team or other girls on the volleyball team. When, when, when we would lose a point, they would hit the ground and be so angry and we would lose a point. I'd be like, okay, like I didn't really care because yeah, I just yeah. didn't really care. And so when I see Travis Kelsey reacting that way to Andy Reed, no, it is not right. But it's like, that's what my parents always wanted me to be. You're like, that was like Susie Q. That was... Susie Q was always mad. That was like... No, there was a girl named Caroline Weir. She was really good. She ended up playing uh, volleyball at, at uh, OU. Uh -huh. And she's just amazing. And her and I were kind of the same height. We always played the same sports. And Caroline just cared so much. I mean, she was an amazing athlete. And like, I could have probably been just as good as, as her, but I just... I was scared and I didn't really care as much. And so when I saw Travis Kelsey acting like, I was like, there's Caroline Weir. <laughs> so I'm confused. Uh, That's who my mom and dad always wanted me to be. I understand the trigger. Um, so, <laughs> and so when I look at him, like that guy wants to win the Super Bowl. You got to have respect for it because he cares. He wants to be out on the field. He's not just sitting back, like eating bonbons. Like, no, it's never right to yell at your coach. But I think that what people don't understand about these sports is it's really easy to sit back and watch them and judge and be like, oh, you shouldn't have do that. But these guys are out on the field smashing into each other. There is yeah. a lot of emotion that goes into the sport. And there's a lot of um, like you're like your heart rate and everything, like you're, you're going up and down, up and down. And then you expect someone to sit on the sidelines and not still carry that same aggression over to the sidelines. Like it just, yes, he should have controlled himself, but I feel like you have to give these guys a little bit of grace because it's, it's a lot, like it's a lot of testosterone and all these like emotions yeah. also on the, and I think he just exploded the same way you want him to explode on the field. He exploded on the sidelines. Like, yeah. I think that's a so, very like fair take. I, I For know. you personally, though, <laughs> it triggered you in a good way. Did you look at Travis Kelsey and you're like, that's that's who I never was in sixth grade on the basketball court? I don't think it's ever right to, to yell at your coach. So I don't think it like triggered me in a good way. But I was like, I don't know. Part of me was like, that guy just wants to win and you got to respect it. I think to be fair, uh, the coach, Andy Reid, brushed it off and he was like, these, these guys kiss, keep me young. They're he was like, like family. He was like, he was like, I would have pushed him back, but I lost my footing. Like, love that. Yeah. And Cause they know you have to understand like these football players, the way they, they're sometimes like big they're, kids. they're like big kids. And even the way that they celebrate after a touchdown, like I saw uh, Travis Kelsey go up and like hug another player after I'm like, are they fighting? Like they look like they're like, bro, you know, they're punching yeah. each other in the chest. Like these guys, the way that they like, they like use their emotion and, and use their body is just so different than yeah. like the average person. And so you have to, have you seen that meme where it's like Taylor Swift after she started dating, uh, like oh, a yeah, big football yeah. player and she's like doing their, her handshake with Jack yeah. and off like so aggressively, like 
yeah, it's just a different uh, body language that yeah. that athletes have. Uh, this is like a whole tangent that I don't even know if we should go down, but it's got to be hard after like Jason Kelsey just retired. Yeah. Like when you're so used to having an outlet to pour all of that energy out into. Yeah. And then like, you retire. And then you retire. Like you can't, like you can't just like go fight people. Like you can't. Yeah. Like where do you funnel that, that energy? energy? I remember uh, someone in our industry whose husband was like in the NFL, like she was talking about how he went through such a depression. A lot of them, a lot of guys do. When, when you get out of that, because you are used to like training at this time, like your whole job is to structured. keep your body in shape, be structured, et cetera, that perform um, when if, if they get married, here's my, here's my only thing is like, if they get married, Travis, Kelsey and Taylor and Taylor, Taylor's got like 10 more years in her. Like she's not going to stop. And she doesn't really have to retire. Like when you're a football player, you do hit a physical limit and, Artists don't. Yeah, and so like, is that going to be like really hard on their marriage? I thought about that a lot. It it makes me wonder if because I think that Taylor, I think she's a three on the Enneagram. Yeah. I think that she wants to be married to someone else that like is successful in their own way. Yeah, like um, is the podcast is his personal yeah. brand? Is that going to be enough for him? Even as because we go through this like in our industry a lot. Like a lot of the. I, f I feel like I'm mentoring a lot of them right now. Like a lot of the Instagram husbands who switch over from having full-time jobs to then being in this space a lot of time, there's a lot of ego like pride healing and pride hurt. that has to be let go of to give, you know, your wife in so many ways, like the kind of spotlight and, yeah. and to be okay with that and to understand that provision can look like a lot of different things. Yeah. And so will that be enough when she's literally the most famous person in the world for him to truly feel secure enough to, to, to sustain their marriage. Cause what happens is behind the scenes, you know, and this is like sometimes an unintentional is like, I think that it, the natural tendency for a man who's insecure in that position is to stomp out the fire mm. of the female because it's like, Oh, like I don't want you to shine because like I'm insecure. Like the more that you shine, the more I feel yeah. insecure. Yeah. But I feel like Taylor's not going to be into that. Yeah, I mean, I think the smartest thing that both the Kelsey brothers have done is create a brand outside of football for themselves. Yeah. Like, there's so many different ways they can take it now. I don't know what, like, his passion would be outside. He'll probably go into, like, being a commentator. He'll probably keep up his podcast. He'll probably become, like, an influencer, in a sense. Yeah. You know? It's just, like, an icon for being married to Taylor Swift. Yeah. I, what, but you're, it, you're so good at this exercise. What do you think Travis Kelsey after he retires? Let's say he's married to Taylor Swift. What do you think Travis Kelsey should do with his brand? He should go into fashion. That's so smart. 100%. See, like if he becomes like a fashion house or a fashion, a like fashion house, icon. like yes. And then him and Taylor, because that's one space that Taylor has not tackled. I'm gonna be honest. That's genius. You she, heard it here first. Like <laughs> if Travis Kelsey becomes like a, a fashion designer, he should become a designer, like a rude or something like like come, totally. come out with his own like cool apparel. Gosh, that's genius. You know who's trying to do that is Cam Newton. Have really? Yeah, yeah, he's like, I think he launched a fashion brand or maybe he's just very- I'm not gonna lie, like I would buy whatever Travis, like if he came out with some like really like sick t-shirts, some cool, Dude. like like and, I would buy it. I think he could get like everyone wearing it and we're all gonna be supporting like Taylor Swift's boyfriend's clothing line. Dude, that's so genius. Yeah, he's got to find something to really sink his teeth into he, after. He's very good with his style. 
you and I, like we've talked about that. Yeah, I'm he sorry. Has I six was style. supposed to, like someone told me this. <laughs> I was supposed to apologize for saying that he had a stylist. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't follow his whole. Kill a Trav. I apologize for not knowing that Travis Kelsey. <laughs> styles himself. Styles himself. His outfits are sick, like so good. And yeah. so, um, and I feel like they would be, and, and still the reason I like that is I feel like that is a space that Taylor Swift is not really good at. And so still like he could own his lane in, in style still like football style sports, like, you know, manlyhood, that's his thing. You know, Taylor Swift is artsy poems, like music. It's just, they both could own their own lane and, and Taylor could respect what he does and he could respect what she does, you know? Dang, that would be pretty like iconic for him because I don't think a lot of, I mean, it's kind of an untold story. Like no fashion, no football player has like, spanned from like this like not that you can think of off the top of your head besides like you have like you know uh like the one thing i always think about is like michael jordan and his dunks like yeah it's so different because like i feel like he was never known as like the designer of them yeah like he was like known as the the business and the brand behind it yeah whereas like this would be such a unique story where it's like Travis Kelsey goes from like tight end to fashionizer. Like it would be sick. I'd so sick. Gosh, man. I hope it happens. I hope he hears this I hope this he podcast. hears this. Everybody go send this to Travis it, Kelsey. Tell him to get into fashion. Gosh, I would, oh man, I would so I invest. feel like he, you would like the stuff that he comes out with too. You think? Yeah. I don't know. He seems kind of out there for me. I think he, he could tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Hit the mass market. He would have to hit yeah. the mass market. So did you have a favorite Super Bowl commercial? No, honestly, like Stella and Stratton were kind of like fighting over every toy. And I feel yeah. like I missed a lot of the commercials. But the one that I did see, um, I actually saw it on Twitter after the Super Bowl was the uh, He Gets Us. Because mm. uh, like last year, it was a there was the first of the He Gets Us campaign. So I, I might like mess up some of these facts. But my understanding is a lot of like the billionaire evangelical Christian families like have funded this organization called he gets us, which is basically trying to uh, broadcast the name and character and likeness of Jesus uh, across the mass media. So like change the representation. Uh, so the, he gets us, Ed, did you watch it? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Should I ask your thoughts first? Um, yeah, I, I don't know what like other pastors and other people are saying. I, I didn't like dissect it enough to, I'm just going to like hit you with my initial thoughts. Yeah, same. I'll do the same. Cause I'm, I, I, this is one of those ones where I, I bet you, and I have not seen this. I bet you all these pastors are dissecting it and talking yeah, about the theology and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm more looking at it like as a marketer, I feel like, and being like, yeah. okay, if this is like a top of funnel to get people talking about Jesus, do I feel like it did a good job or a bad job? I mean, look at us right now. I know, right? <laughs> like, I feel like mission accomplished in, in so many ways. And like, I, my whole, my first initial thoughts, and I really want to hear yours, is that um, I feel like it's like about time that the evangelical community caught up <laughs> to the Latter-day Saints. <laughs> and I, listen, I'm not knocking any Latter-day Saints in the audience. What I'm commending you guys on is you guys have some really good centralized marketing campaigns. Yeah. I mean, like- Did all, they have a Super Bowl ad? Uh, they probably didn't. No, I don't think that they did this year, but I see their ads everywhere. They, they like yeah. took over just recently. What the Latter-day Saints did is they bought up every ad placement in Times Square and they wow. created this like experiential 
I think it was like a nativity scene maybe for wow. the Christmas, but they like, they are very it's like, the fastest growing religion in the United States. Yeah. I mean, sure. But I, it, yeah, I guess, I guess mm-hmm. it is, but like, you know, they have some really good centralized marketing. And so I just commend them for that from a marketing standpoint. And a, a lot of the times, like, I think you have to go deep into the, the theology of Joseph Smith and, and all that to where you really start to like, you know, have to understand how it's different than like evangelical it's, Christianity. It's very different than it's very different. Christianity. But, um, you know, what I like about their marketing campaign, and again, just not being tribalist about this, is that a lot of the times they're not getting into, and here's Joseph Smith and here's what he did. They're like talking about Jesus. Like top and of they're like, Yeah, they're like talking about the Bible and talking about that. And so I'm like, when, you know? Um, so I, I'm excited that the evangelical Protestant church is now like at least some people are gathering together with their funds and their resources and trying to yeah. uh, use mediums to like get the conversation about Jesus out there. Um, I guess the question with this is, did with, they do a good job? Was it, was it the right conversation? And like, did it, did it portray Christianity in a right, the right way? I guess is, is the conversation. Um, yeah, man, that is the conversation, isn't it? I mean, I think that that's a conversation maybe like, we shouldn't. <laughs> well, I mean, well, okay. So, so here was like my thoughts on the ad is like when I first watched it, what they were trying to do is they were trying to take very polarized groups of people, mm-hmm. right? So police officers and this person and, mm-hmm. uh, people know, at a March or yeah, uh, people at a March in this and like, you know, like this audience and this audience and they, every picture that they showed in this ad was bridging the gap between two tribalist cultures. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I understand that and I the way that I perceive the ad is that most of the time the person that was washing the feet of the other person was what is perceived in culture to be a oppressor mm-hmm. washing the feet of the oppressed. So right. not saying, hey, you're wrong for XYZ reason. It's like humbling and saying like, I don't, I'm not acknowledging that. I'm here to love serve you. and love you on that. Now that is very like Jesus to me. Cause Jesus did wash the feet of sinners and people Even that also sinners that didn't repent, that didn't repent and didn't like, yeah, exactly. Didn't repent. Right. So I think that that showed the character and the nature of, of Jesus. Jesus very well. Um, I think that there could have been a broader message taken from that. At the end, maybe. What did the end say again? I think it's just like he, he loves us or he, he gets us. Or wasn't it like Jesus doesn't hate or Jesus oh, yeah. didn't teach hate. Yeah. Something like that, which is true. Yeah. It's, it's true too. I don't know. There's something off about it where it's like, I agree with the oppressed who is perceived to be an oppressor, humbling yourself to serve and love the oppressed. Um, what I would like to know is did I interrupt you? Sorry. No, go. I, I'm, <laughs> You're, I like don't know how to talk. Like, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I guess what I would like to know is, um, like, did anyone that wasn't a Christian, like watch this video and feel touched by it? You know, that's a really good question. Like, did anyone that feels like they have been the oppressed or maybe feel like they have been, uh, they haven't received love from the church because you know that there's so many people that have been hurt by the church and it wasn't necessarily like the religion. It was like the church, like man made people in the church or maybe like structure that the church had. Um, so did anybody watch this and think, oh yeah, 
Jesus does love all of us. Like he doesn't, and see, my gut is no. Yeah, I, I love I love that marketer, Danny Austin. I love that that strategy question is like, who was the target audience of this ad? Like, was it just to spark conversation within the Christian community to talk about whether or not this, this commercial was, like, because in my opinion, the guys sitting behind like, this video were like probably a bunch of, I, I don't know, but it feels like they're like a bunch of like boomers who are like, man, this is going to touch the heart of a, of a millions and, and people are going to repent and come to their knees. And da-da. and I'm like, dude, it takes so much more for someone to typically like come to know Jesus. And, but I, but I'm like 50, 50, because I do feel like this commercial, like maybe someone had never heard the name Jesus before. Maybe no one had, and at least, okay, so maybe they'd never heard about it, but now we're talking about on this podcast and now they're like, oh, maybe I should go to church on Sunday and maybe they go to church on Sunday and they get saved. Like, you know, so you never know like where it's being played into, but like, it just, to me, I I don't know if anybody was like actually touched by it. I think it was a good top of funnel, but I don't know if somebody actually like, and that's okay. But I think you like, that's a really interesting way to take the conversation because if you think about like, who's watching this, like I, as a Christian, you know, am watching this and it spoke to me in the way I just told you where it's like, it challenged me to be like, okay, even if it's not true, if I am perceived as an oppressor, like I feel like Jesus would serve and wash the feet of the oppressed and and pure love, not debate, not acknowledgement of whether your, whatever happened is right and wrong, just like a pure, like servitude type of attitude. And so the ad challenged me to question as a believer, you know, am I playing that role Mm. and can I play the role of loving and serving even the people I disagree with better? Yeah. But like, why are you giving me an ad? If that, maybe that was their objective is to speak to the church. And if if that was true, then I think it was a good ad. If the objective was to speak to someone who's trans, who has a really bad taste in their mouth towards Christianity, who has been yeah, hurt by no, Christians. It's not going to work there. It's going to it's going to be like, yeah, like all that person is going to feel in the moment is like, see, like I'm glad they're getting it. Like, yeah, like you're still the pro- it's going to yeah. in- invigorate the fact that they're the problem. That they it's are like, the don't touch person. my feet. Yeah, yeah. Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Don't touch my feet. Like, I don't I don't trust you. I don't yeah. know you. And so I don't know what the strategy was. I think it did co- create conversation uh, the, the key takeaways that I'm happy about, I'm glad that someone's centralizing, pulling resources together and at least experimenting or trying to use like advertising mediums, which is like what gains most of our attention to talk about Jesus. I'm happy about that. Number two is I'm happy that it spoke to the church and like challenged the church in some way. But I think that they need to really try and hone in on their strategy of like, what, what are we trying to accomplish? Cause if it's for non-believers, yeah. I feel like the latter state of saints are doing it better. I think, I think the the last thing I'll, I'll touch on is what I feel like we really need um, messaging from the church for like into society or people watching the Super Bowl. It's like, I want to know that even, even like, even though I messed up or like I'm a sinner or maybe I am not living like the way that God intends for me to live my life that I can still go to church like with everybody else. Like I wish that churches did a better job at communicating that, that they're inviting and that like you don't have to be perfect to show up. And I feel like that slot for the Super Bowl could have been a a perfect place to do that where you show somebody maybe like 
like an alcoholic showing up to church and like crying or you so you see somebody that's going through a divorce showing up to church and like seeking community or whatever and I feel like a lot of times like that's like the biggest thing that is like turn people off from the faith is like because people feel righteous and they feel like you have to be perfect to show up. Yeah. And I just feel like if I would have had that slot in, in the Super Bowl, like that's probably what I would have been sharing. Focused on. Focused on. I think that the only challenge I would have to that statement is like, I do think that there's a lot of churches that are doing that well. But again, because like evangelical non-denominational Protestants are so like fractured, like you're going to have a church with one type of culture that's probably more like, hard-nosed on this issue you're gonna have a church that's maybe too liberal on this issue and so it's like so segmented and so like the real issue isn't like a church or the church it's like the culture the culture around like like evangelical christianity right now and like not being united on that culture so like someone who is um someone who's gay, for example, could have one amazing welcoming experience, like true Jesus centric experience mm-hmm. with one Christian and could go into a coffee shop and meet a yes Southern, whatever, <laughs> you know, who is like, you know, something about another issue and truly like their approach might be so like, you're a sinner, you're this. Yeah. And, and if you get into the minds of both, like they, they both, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's, it's just hard. It's like, I think that that's what I, I told, I tell all of my Mormon friends this, it's like the y'all are so centralized that you almost can stay united with your resources and like, yeah. you know, and I, and I don't, but the problem is like, I don't know if I believe in like a centralized, like that's like the Catholic church, like, yeah. and there's been a lot of corruption and there's been a lot of bad things. So I, I don't know the answer, but we talked about the ad <laughs> yeah, we did. And that's good. We did it. So, you know, top of funnel, conversational awareness. So we tried out some new things for this episode. Feel free to go leave a comment or leave a review letting us know if you liked it. We read it. We read it. We we need to know. We're we're very feedback driven people. Yes. And feel free to follow us on the D-Influenced Instagram. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.